You're listening to the What The Fab podcast, where empowered women empower women through candid conversations, inspiring stories, and tangible tips. I'm your host, Elise Armitage. I'm a digital creator, and I left my nine to five job at Google to chase my dreams of being an entrepreneur. I'm so happy to have you here. Let's get into some real talk. Hey, hey, welcome back to the What the Fab podcast. We're on episode number 37, and I am really, really proud of my consistency here. We are getting these out weekly, and I have been loving the feedback from you all. So, so appreciate it, and it's just like keeping me going. We've been doing a fun mix of interviews, solo episodes, business-related, life-related, and we have a fun one today. This episode is different than anything I've ever done before. It is more of kind of like a, you get to be a fly on the wall in a conversation that I feel like a lot of women will relate to. And so I am having on two of my close blogger friends. So we have Kelsey from Blondes and Bagels and Kara from The Whimsy Soul. And we are talking about our decisions and kind of just current pressures that we are feeling about having babies and just kind of like thoughts, fears, like we go there, we talk about like getting off of birth control and sex drive, like we go all over the place. And this conversation really came up because we were on a Slack channel together and we were talking about this topic somehow, it came up and we were just like starting to like really get into it. And I said, okay, would you guys mind if we hopped on a hot mic and recorded this for a podcast episode because I feel like people would really appreciate it and relate to it. And they're so amazing. They were like, yes, down, let's do it. Like, get it on the books, put it on my calendar. Let's go there. So that's what this conversation is. Before we dive into this conversation amongst three girlfriends, I just want to take a second to shout out someone who recently left a really, really sweet review on Apple Podcasts. Their username is my muse with like four U's. And they said, absolutely love this podcast. Elise has cultivated the life that she desires and through her podcast shares tips on how to maneuver through our own way of life while also sharing the journey with others. Authenticity is a hot word these days, but Elise is truly that authentic. Take it or leave it, but you will want to take it. Press play. You won't regret it. Thank you so, so much. That is really, really kind and I appreciate it. And if you haven't taken a second to rate and review the podcast. I would love it if you did. It's what helps grow my podcast. And as I was saying earlier, I am really putting in the effort to make sure that we have new episodes coming out weekly. So while you're at it, go ahead and hit subscribe through whatever platform you listen through so that you get these episodes queued up, ready to go and in your ear for the week ahead. Okay, let us just jump right into this conversation and this episode. So as I said, we have Kelsey on Instagram. She is at Blondes and Bagels. And then we have Kara. And on Insta, she's at The Whimsy Soul. And Kara was on episode number 15 of the What the Fab podcast, where I did an interview with her all about, I mean, she's just like so excellent at body confidence, positivity, or neutrality, which I guess is kind of the more appropriate um, terminology. But she had a really great episode. So go ahead and listen to that one. And then be sure to follow Kelsey for just a slice of, you know, 
refreshing content. She's smart. She's funny. She does great beauty and skincare reviews. So be sure to check both of them out. And I also want to note that Kelsey and Kara are two of the bloggers that I am referring to in my income report episode. So that was number 34, where I shared all of my business revenue and financial numbers from 2021, as well as my expenses and lessons learned just in an effort to promote transparency within my industry, but also just within women who are hustling, like whether it's at a corporate job or running their own business. And so in that episode, I mentioned that I have only a handful of friends in the Bay Area who are other entrepreneurs, bloggers in this space that I share that kind of like information with, like talking hard numbers, and that it has just been so clutch for me in growing my business and expanding. And so Karen Kelsey are both um, close blogger friends that I count among that group when I think of women supporting women. So we are going to dive into this conversation. And just, you know, a note, we are not like giving advice. We are not telling anyone how things should or should not be. We're just kind of like airing our own grievances with like the pressures that we feel and things that scare us and freak us out. Um, And again, it's just kind of like being a fly on the wall during this conversation. So let us jump right into it. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited that you guys are joining me for this conversation. Like I was saying before I hit record, we were like pinging on Slack about this. And I was like, okay, wait, hold the phone. We need to be recording this. Like this is too good and juicy. And I think so relatable for so many women, especially like kind of that millennial, like elder millennial age that we're getting to. And I was just like, we have to hit record on this. So thank you for hopping on the podcast with me to like continue this conversation. It's a pleasure to chat, chat about it. Yay. Well, I was just kind of thinking about how our society for some reason thinks it's okay to like put this pressure on young, you know, in your late 20s, early 30s, and this kind of like assumption that like you are having babies. So like, when is that happening? Mm. And I would love to just kind of like hear from each of you just where you're at right now. And we can kind of go into what's for me, like what's making me feel a certain type of way about it. And like, would love to hear your thoughts as well. Totally. Um, I guess I'll go first. On that note, Alicia, I literally this morning had like a financial call and like they're walking through financial planning and the guy was like, when you have kids, you know, in two years and put those numbers into this thing. I was like, okay, Um, (laughs) no, thank you. Uh, But yeah, um, not trying to have kids anytime soon. Uh, We're probably more in the childless forever stage, Um, IUD and birth control. I am doubled up down there. So my uterus is a force of steel and nothing's happening for a very long time. I love a doubled up. I well, love a double dog. I, that's for health reasons. I yes. have questions. Okay. I was like, I have questions. I didn't even know that's a thing that like someone would have an IUD and birth control. What What's the purpose? I, of that? Uh, I have, a, well, everyone has ovarian cysts that like burst, but mine love to burst a lot and it's very painful. So basically the only way to like help that chronic pain is to be on birth control pills, which is like different than the IUD basically. So oh. yeah. I did not know that was a thing. Yeah. I was with you one time when you had a cyst bursting and you didn't know. And you're like, I think I just have really bad cramps. And you texted me later and you're like, actually, a cyst burst. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Casual. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's fun. (laughs) Okay. So Kara, 
<laughs> Kara's currently team no babies. Probably, probably for life. Definitely. I really don't. But it's not really cool that people assume. Like you like you shouldn't be sitting in a financial meeting and the assumption, the baseline assumption shouldn't be when are they and having? that's that's yeah. yeah and that's coming from me like i'm we're down to do the kid thing but i still don't think that should be the baseline assumption right it really shouldn't like it definitely is and i don't think robin gets those questions ever but it's always oh just god assumed that that could be happening. a whole separate episode <laughs> just about that how men never get any of these questions ever <laughs> The assumption piece is like what really drives me crazy. Like I, f- I feel like it, you know, it is a little bit nosy, but like, okay, they're your financial advisor. So like maybe it would be appropriate to say like, are you planning? Are you like having family with a question mark? Life? With yeah. a question mark. And like, if so, then that's going to guide our financial conversation. But like right. an assumption of like, okay, so when you have kids in two years, like what the fuck? No. <laughs> I would like another cat in two years, but that's about like as much. Can you Same, help me sister. outline a financial plan to make sure that I am financially ready for a second cat? That my cats are supported in the unlikely event. <laughs> right. Like a life, in- like that's actually on that note, sorry to like tangent why I'm like, oh, we actually do need like a will and stuff. Cause like, who's going to watch our cat if he died unexpectedly? I'm like, I have to figure that out. <laughs> I need a trust for my cat. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Okay, so Kelsey, what about you? Where are you at? So we're definitely – okay, there's all these weird acronyms and I'm not fully down the rabbit hole in this world. I guess there's this like TTC trying to conceive world. So okay. I'm just going to preface that right now. I'm not – I'm. we're trying to conceive, but I'm not like so deep into it that I'm on all the forums and the boards because I think we're trying to stay pretty casual about it and keep it fun. Um, and then we'll worry <laughs> – try not to be so clinical about my sex life, but, you know, um, then maybe after a year, if it's if it's not – if nothing's happened, then we'll kind of figure it out from there. But, yeah, I don't know. Even as someone that is, like, on that path, we are actively trying to conceive. Like, we'll go to a family event or something and we'll get questions about, well, why don't you have kids yet? When are you two going to have kids? It's like, well, I don't know. When the fuck am I going to have kids, Tom? Why don't you <laughs> ask my fucking uterus? Like, yeah. I didn't ask if we could swear on this podcast, at least. But just... Oh. The, I mean, the brand name is What the Fab based on What the Fuck. So, yeah, there yes. we go. I didn't know if it was, you know, <laughs> I didn't know how clean we were trying to be. Yeah, that's how I feel. I get that question. It's like, what am I supposed to say to them then? Is it like, yeah, we are trying. It hasn't happened yet. Thanks for asking. Like, it's just, just don't. Right. It's like, what so... if you've been trying for five years and you have all these fertility problems and then you get asked that? Yeah, people what are you don't think. To say? Like, people don't think about it. And I, my husband and I had a lovely little tiff in the middle of a, I think. It was one of his parents' birthdays, actually, but every family member kept asking over and over again. And at some point, I turned to him and I'm like, "You'll make this stop. Like, you will stop this because, <laughs> because, yeah. Imagine like it doesn't hurt right now, but like I could imagine after a year of trying or a couple years of trying or maybe a miscarriage, like it's inappropriate. People just aren't thinking through like this very well-intentioned question with with really good intent and they're just not thinking about all of the hurt that they could be accessing by asking it. It's so fucking inappropriate and it's really wild to me how people feel so comfortable just asking that like oh, okay yeah. if we're if we're like close friends <laughs> you barely like, know them. Right. 
if we're close friends, I think that's like a totally natural conversation to have, you know, if, if we're close family, sure. But like, once you're starting to get to like extended aunts and uncles and people that you're not close no. with, it's like, no, totally no. not appropriate. And then it's like wild to me, like the level of like actual strangers who feel comfortable yes. asking that. I just had a conversation the other day. I was asked, how's the baby making factory going? This is a person that I have spoken to maybe three times in my life. I was like, it's fucking not. It's also like not any of your business. Like, this is so wild. I don't want to be having this conversation with like a near total stranger. It's just, I don't understand. And like, I I want to say that it's almost like, it's definitely more prevalent with like older yeah. generations. Yeah, for However, sure. it yeah. still happens with people our age. I remember I was getting a massage and you know, the masseuse was like making small talk, which like, first of all, don't love that. Don't yeah, want to don't do talk. that. That's not why we're <laughs> here. <laughs> no. I, didn't I don't do want to know your whole story. <laughs> no. So first of all, don't love that. But she's making small talk. And she's like, and she's like, do you have any kiddos? And I said, No, I don't. And she goes, Oh, not yet. I'm like, no. <laughs> please <laughs> just get the knots it. out of my back. Like, please right. just <laughs> massage me. <laughs> You don't need to have all this rage now that, like, I would get. Be like, fuck you. Now I have to go, like, have these feelings or correct you or, like, you know, bottle them. And I just want my massage. Yeah. Here's, like, a shocking truth. Not every woman even wants children. Period. (laughs) Hard stop. Like, men don't get these questions. At least I don't think they do. I'm not a man. But I highly doubt that my husband has gotten even one-eighth the amount of questions that I have about this. And I feel like that's got to be true for most women. Hold up, I have to tell you about my new What the Fab presets. I finally launched digital product, and let me tell you, it was a lot harder than I expected it to be, but I am so excited that they're live. They're available. You can shop them on the website. You can just go to whatthefab.com slash presets to see them in all their freaking glory. (laughs) These presets are something that I have been refining and tweaking over the years, and after almost a decade of being a travel blogger and lifestyle blogger, I'm finally making them available to you to purchase and to use on your own photos. So whether you are a full-time content creator or this is your side hustle or you just want beautiful aesthetic photos for your feed, I'd love for you to check them out. Presets are honestly a game changer. Using Lightroom presets has really optimized how I'm able to edit my photos. It makes everything cohesive and beautiful and branded so that when you see one of my pictures on Instagram or Pinterest, you know that it's coming from what the fab. And you can have that kind of brand cohesiveness too by using the presets and tweaking them for your own skin tone and style. They also have saved me hours upon hours of editing photos. I mean, it used to take me half a day to go through you know, hundreds of photos from a shoot. Now I can just do it within one or two clicks. And then if I'm using desktop, batch sync it across all of the photos. It's amazing. Like I said, game changer. And these presets are, they're light and airy and will make your photos look beautiful, whether you're shooting on an iPhone or in the raw on DSLR. I've got the mobile pack. I've got the desktop pack. So there's something for everyone. If you want to edit just on the go, the mobile pack is a great option and you can use Lightroom mobile. The app is free. So that's a really great option for someone who's doing this as a side hustle or a beginner. And then if you are building 
building a brand, um, maybe this is your full-time thing, you'll probably want both the mobile and the desktop versions because then you'll be able to edit on the go on the app, but then also really like sit down in front of your computer, do that batch editing I was talking about, and just have that really cohesive vibe across all of your photos. So I hope you'll check them out. And I'm so excited I have a little gift for you. So you can get one of my mobile presets for free. Just go to whatthefab.com slash free and you can get my World Traveler mobile preset for free and you can use it on the Adobe Lightroom app on your phone. And the World Traveler preset, I've used it on every type of photo imaginable. It's light and airy and beautiful and just makes you look glowy. I've used it on selfies, date night pics, home decor, food, um, my friend's kids, and of course, my jet setting travel pics. So I know that you will love it. Again, go to whatthefab.com slash free to grab that free preset for yourself. Enjoy it. Love it. Use it. I can't wait to see what kinds of photos you create with it. And be sure to use hashtag WTFab presets so I can see and share all my stories. All right, let's get back to the episode. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. I think Omid like has gotten it from I mean he's Persian, so it's kind of like a different culture where it's well, like Soviet you know, over here. So yeah. <laughs> Eastern Europeans over here. Get yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, being nosy is just kind of like par for the course so he's definitely gotten questions from his family and I have as well but um it's I definitely agree that like it's this weird like assumption with women and now that we're kind of coming up on like I'm turning 34 this year so I'm feeling like oh okay it's like shit or get off the pot time yeah um so Kelsey I would love to know like how you've kind of like came to the decision that you're like okay I'm in I'm quote unquote, ready. I'm in the, the TTC camp. Like, how did you guys, how did you come to that decision for yourself? Okay. So first of all, I'm not, I've never been a woman that ever thought like romantically, I, I want this big princess fairy tale wedding. And then I want all the babies and I, I've never, but like at my core, I know I want to raise kids. It's shocking. <laughs> at my core, I know I want to have kids. So I do think that there's a certain, like, you might know in your soul that you want to do something in your life, but you also can know at the same time that you're never going to wake up one day and be like, oh my God, let's make a baby today. Like that's just never. (laughs) So I told him that before we got married. I was like, look, I'm never going to be that woman. So it's at that point, it's just like logic for me. So, you know, I know I, I know I want to do that and I'm never going to feel not scared to do it. So I'm just going to do it. So you just remove the goalie. You make sure you've got all of the things you can have in place, a house in case you need it, you know, a job, like (laughs) you do what you can. That makes total sense. I mean, it's almost like the way you're describing it is like any big goal you have in your life, like you might never be ready to, you know, start a company or something. No, you gotta just, if you feel like you want it, you gotta just start doing it and let the universe provide for you. Yeah, that's a great way to phrase it. It is. Yeah. I I think like for me personally, I, I have always kind of just known that like I do want to have a family. And I definitely in my kind of early mid 20s went through a phase where I was like, wait, do I like maybe I don't like having kids yeah. sounds just like I, I just feel like way too selfish to want that definitely right now. And like 
maybe ever. I'm not really sure. And then now that I'm like getting a little bit older and nearing my mid 30s, I'm like, well, no, I do see myself having a family. Like when I picture myself, like when I'm 50, like I have a family. So it's like, okay, I have to figure out how I want to make that happen because there isn't just, you know, one way. And um, when I was like, when I think about my family, like we're so tight, we're so close. My sister and I are so close. I'm close with my parents. When we just went to St. Kitts in December, my dad was literally running around the resort telling anyone who would listen and pointing at my sister and I and being like, they're our best friends. They love traveling with us. It's so great. Was he drunk? That's cute. (laughs) Totally sober. He just was so excited. Like he was just so happy to like be on a trip with his family that like his two daughters want to travel with him. Like I'm like, that's so it's it was just so precious. And I was like, I want to have that like with my kids in the future. I just feel really scared to have a baby right now. Yeah, I also think you you kind of briefly touched on something that I want to make sure that we say out loud, which is like. It's important to ask yourself why you want to do it and do you want to have a family because you genuinely want to have a family or because it's something that you always assumed you would do because society always assumed you would do it. Yeah, right there, Kelsey. Like I always – you know how like when you're younger, being 30 seems like it was a big grown-up thing. You're like, oh, yeah, I'll have life figure. Oh, yeah, so far away. And then I always assume like, you know, by the time, you know, I'm in my baby-making prime, I'll probably want them. You know, like I'll want kids by then. And now I'm here like – no, I, I still don't. So I have to like honor that part of me who really does not want kids. Like you mentioned. Do you get okay. shit for it? Do you yes. get shit for uh, it? Not yeah. quite yet. Like I just turned 30 this year. So I think it's coming really hard for me soon. Like I think people are like Robin and I got married four years ago and we like moved out across the country, you know, like sort of like seven years ago. So I think our family is like we've given them enough time. I feel like it's going to come soon. I haven't yet, thankfully but it's coming. I know it's coming. It's coming. Winter is coming. coming. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Kelsey, that's exactly like what's been on my mind kind of the last couple of years is like, wait, am I, is this what, how do I know? How do I know what I truly want versus what society, yes, versus what society has like ingrained and embedded in me and this assumption that I've had my whole life that like, this is what I want like how do I differentiate that how do I know and like that's definitely that's something that I've been I have talked with Omid about too and he's like I think you're overthinking it like if you feel like you want this then like go with that (laughs) but I'm like but what about what society is telling me how do I know what my own (laughs) if it's my own wants and dreams like it's definitely something I've been grappling with it's I mean honestly you could say that about so many things in life like there's a great quote I saw when I was doing like um, random Pinterest, you know, you go down a Pinterest rabbit hole and you find all these good quotes. Mm-hmm. And one of them was like, um, the voices in my head were no longer my own. And that was like such a powerful thing to read and be like, oh, okay, are the voices in my head mine? Like, do I actually want this? Or is it something I've been taught to think that I want? And it's, I think it's an important question to ask when you're, you know, thinking about – kids aren't just like 18 years. It's your whole fucking life. So – it's your whole life. And like it could be even the question of like maybe you want one, like um, you don't want yeah. more. I have someone in my life who like admitted to me that like she only wanted one 
but her husband really wants a lot of babies and they're she's making a lot of babies for her husband and i'm like that oh. doesn't seem like you want that so sometimes you gotta align on that before your partner exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> so sometimes yeah. even that voice is a voice you like really want to acknowledge you trust yeah, and you, you trust. love yeah. and yeah totally so, yeah, it's, 100%. It's 100%. yeah and i think especially with like you know as we're getting closer to 34, 35, and probably a lot of the like influencers and content that we consume on Instagram are also nearing that age. I feel like we are going babies to be everywhere. seeing it's babies, been babies everywhere. Babies fucking everywhere. It's already happening. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, I mean, we're getting to that point where it's like, okay, if you're going to do this, you might want to do it now. So I think that's also something to be aware of is like, you're going to be seeing it on your Facebook feed and your Instagram feed, like even more than you already have. And like, if that makes you feel a certain type of way to acknowledge yeah. that and, and not necessarily feel like, I mean, it's so hard, it's easier said than done to feel like you can get around that pressure if that's what you're feeling. In some ways, I will say, I don't, there's plenty about like being influenced into things that can be, you know, perceived as negative or, you know, you have to, to your point, you have to remember as you're seeing your feed be clogged with that, like, do I really want this or am I just seeing a lot of it? I will say some of seeing other people go through being pregnant online and on Instagram has made me slightly less scared. So I'm like, okay, if she can do it, I can do it, right? I can do this because <laughs> I'm petrified. So even though we're like no barrier, there's no goalie down there anymore, like I'm fucking scared. So. That's so fascinating that it has like re like had it been positive for you because when people I know get pregnant and then start telling me all of the like weird things your body does, I'm just like, mm -mm. like, can I have a third? Okay, so there option? does have to like, be a line. Yeah, there does have to be yeah. a line in the sand for me. Like, just because if I get too much knowledge right now before it happens, I'll want the goalie back. But, um, but just in terms of like you know, if I'm scared of childbirth and then it's like, well, I'm just watching all of these women come out the other side of it and holding their baby and being so happy about that, that I'm trying to tell myself, okay, it can be done. Like <laughs> women do this. Like we're good. I was going to say, I, I agree. I get what you're saying. Like it, it has been kind of almost comforting to kind of see, especially like the thing that I worry about is my first baby, which is my business. <laughs> and I worry yeah. about like how I'm going to, how I would balance that. And so it is comforting for me to see like other women and female entrepreneurs that run their mm -hmm. own business also like taking a proper maternity leave and like, you know, then managing both of those things. Because I'm like, from my perspective, just as like a solopreneur with like, with some support it just sounds like so intimidating. And I'm like, I don't know how I could ever make that work. And I do feel this is getting like kind of personal, but I, I have told Omid, like, I'm really worried that because my business has more flexibility and I am my own boss and your business, yeah. you are a partner and you have to go into the office a few days a week. I'm worried that I am going to end up like taking more of the brunt of the work. I mean, I know from talking yep. with other yep. girlfriends who who are mothers that like the mom is always going to have to do more because like the he can't breastfeed. Like there are right. just certain things that it's it's Can really we talk about difficult. This? We need I would to love to un the unfairness. We have to talk about it because I just first of all, I go I go to therapy and therapy has been very helpful in this conversation, even if it's just a place to bitch about it. It's unfair. <laughs> this whole thing is unfair yeah. for women. 
And I have had some like very frustrating arguments with my therapist about this where I'm like, I'm pre-angry. I'm like pre-angry <laughs> that as a woman, I'm going to have to do so much fucking more and that's not fair. So like, how is he going to make this even? And she mm-hmm. was like, it's not even. Like it's not literally even. never yeah. going to be even because it biologically cannot be even. It can't. So that's what like I really am worried that I'm going to like harbor some resentment because resentment. it's like, okay, so for, for nine months, like you're caring and making a life and you're I'm growing exhausted. a fucking arm. You're <laughs> watching growing and I'm making an ear. Like right. what have you're you done literally, today? You're literally a goddess, like growing yeah. a human. Yeah. But you're exhausted and your body's going through all these weird and wild things. So I'm like worried about feeling that exhaustion and resentment from that and like I can't keep up with my business because I need to like lie down all day and grow a human and then all the stuff afterwards like I like I was saying I'm worried that because my business has more flexibility and because the mom just ends up taking Mm -hmm. more of the responsibility for things because of how our bodies work like I know Omid is an amazing like he would be an amazing father and he would do everything that he can but yeah, I'm just, I'm really worried about that resentment piece. I mean, a lot of it, I think, is like boundaries almost. Like, at least, you know, my mom worked from home for like most of my life. So she definitely, a lot of that sometimes would fall on her where if I was staying sick home that day, like, you know, it was up to her to make me soup and take care of me. And like, if my dad had to work late, she'd be the one making dinners most nights. But she was also really good at from like, I always remember her being great at boundaries. Like I knew if she was in her office, she was working and I could not like go deal with her like it was up to me to figure out how to cook like mashed potatoes for lunch or something so like obviously I was slightly older to do that but like you can you can make it work um you like it's just all about like coming in and being strict with your child almost and being like this is my time and then we can have time later and that's really hard I feel like to parent and like teach a young child like how to respect your boundaries but it's definitely possible also boundaries yeah. with husbands. Also boundaries <laughs> with your partner too to be like, hey, I'm working. You have to go make dinner because yeah. I'm late. Yeah. It's and we've had some tough talks. Like we've had some talks where it's like, you know, I've heard from his mouth, like, well, I, I do more than my ancestors have done, right? Like more than some of the men in my family have done. And I'm like, that is not the fucking bar over here. It is not <laughs> it's super not relevant. Like, yeah, that's yeah, not even part of this conversation, right? So I, you know, for me, I always use this example. Like, I remember when our dog was a puppy, and I, to me, that felt, you know, like a trial run in a lot of ways for what it would be like to have a baby because you can't just leave the room and let the puppy run loose. Um, because, you know, God forbid she like chews something or gets hurt or pees somewhere. I don't know. So if I had to like use the restroom, something as innocent as having to pee, like I would stand up and I'd say, Hey, are you going to, you know, watch her for a sec? And then he'd be like, Yep. And I'd leave the room. And, you know, an hour later, he would get up and not say anything and then just leave the room. And I'm like, that's that right there is the difference between being a man and a woman that like you had the self-confidence and authority to get up, assume that I had it fucking handled and then just left. And then, and me, meanwhile, I have to get up and be like, is this all okay? Are you, is, are you watching our child? <laughs> like, it's just, <laughs> it's that, like that small interaction to me was like it. So... <laughs> It's all default to the woman a lot of the times. Really even with is. even with men that even with men that are really great partners. And I have a great partner, so it's nothing to do mm-hmm. with that. But it's still it's like this very innate thing. So ingrained in our society. Like, yes, you can't ever pull that out of them, I don't think. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, you know I am all about time-saving hacks, and I have to tell you guys about my latest discovery, Sunbasket Meal Delivery Service. I've been using them for months now, and they are hands down the best meal delivery I have ever tried, and I have tried a lot. (laughs) Their meals are ready to go. You can just microwave them or pop them in the oven. I don't know about you, but if I'm paying for a meal delivery, I'm not trying to get a kit that also requires me to spend time having to cook the meal and chop stuff like some other services. No, thank you. So it's delivered weekly. If you want, you can always skip. It's ready to go. All of their ingredients are organic. And seriously, the meals have been so delicious. I just had this insane chili verde enchilada pie with braised pork last night. Oh my God, I'm drooling just thinking about it. And each week you get to pick your menu and I order six. So that's meals for both me and Omid three nights out of the week. And I usually opt for meals that are under six calories. And like I said, everything has been so good. And there's a new menu to choose from every week. We haven't had a repeat menu item yet. And I have a great discount link for you to give them a try. You'll get $90 off your first few deliveries, bringing each meal to six bucks a meal. This is a no-brainer, you guys. So just go to whatthefab.com slash sunbasket and use my referral link there. I mean, you're gonna pay that much at least for groceries, but with Sunbasket, you don't even have to cook, so you might as well be efficient about it. Make weeknight dinners a delicious breeze with Sunbasket. Go to whatthefab.com slash sunbasket to get $90 off. I told Omid, like, it's, we're going to have to make a lot of fucking money because I (laughs) want a night nurse. Yeah. I want, I knew where it was going as soon as you said it. (laughs) I want a nanny. I need a, I need a fucking (laughs) snoo. Like, I, I, for anyone that doesn't know what a snoo is, it's like <laughs> it's like a it's like a bassinet, I guess, that like auto rocks the baby in a certain way that like I think there's like crazy fucking statistics about this that it like makes kids go to sleep through the night. Like we're talking like Whoa. baby babies, like little babies, right? Yeah. When you bring them home from the hospital. And that like it's one of the reasons parents are getting sleep anymore nowadays. So like but those things cost like a thousand dollars. And even on Facebook Marketplace, they're like seven hundred dollars. Like like it's ridiculous. right. It's not attainable for a lot of people, but like no, your it's sleep not. is so worth it. Like that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is a very like my parents didn't fucking have that. They were dirt poor when they had me. So, you know. Well, at least I feel I, you though. Yeah. I listened. I just yesterday was listening to your episode about your income report and you're talking about how you hired a house manager and like to sort of branch off into this. Oh my I, God. What? Tell me about this. But what? like, it's mostly like saying I'm going to want help raising the kid. It can't literally, I can't be a silo, like super woman over here. Yeah. I can yeah, already yeah. foresee you getting a lot of shit from that, from like the super moms to be like, I can do it all. Why can't you fucking do it all? What, so, but like, why do we do this to other women? Like, why know. do we, it's wh- like, why do you give a shit how much another woman does or doesn't do? It's Are like, we winning medals over here for this? I don't know. Maybe because they're so tired. They feel like everyone else needs to be tired too, but it's just like, it's, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. So Kelsey, for context and for any other listeners who haven't um, listened to that episode yet. So I did an income report episode where I went over all of my profits and expenses from 2021. Um, It's episode number 34, if you'd like to listen. And one of the expenses that I talk about is hiring a house manager. And so she like 
we she comes in on Mondays. She spends the day just like buzzing around the house helping with all the things. So she like it's does genius. laundry. She folds and puts away laundry from the previous week that was hanging. She does like some light housekeeping. We also have like a separate housekeeper who does like the deep cleaning. Um, she cooks a couple of like large batch things for us so that we don't have to cook during the week. Even though we love cooking, we just like don't have the time for it. Like we're both running our own businesses and now needs commuting. Thank you. Not everyone on Craigslist (laughs) and next door thought so. They thought that I was a lazy so-and-so and and, like, how dare you? And you just want this person to like, like be your bitch and clean up after you. Like I got so much nasty messages from it. And I, I talked about this in the episode, but I was like, okay, you know what? Like this is coming from like a very, like a, a lack mentality and people got really upset because like who the fuck wouldn't want to have a house manager like who the fuck wouldn't want to have help in their home but obviously not everyone can afford that and so some people got really mad that this was something that I thought I could have and do and like people were telling me to like wake up this is the real world no one is going to do that for you like how dare you it was like it was pretty wild um that's aggressive. And yeah, it's it is. it's very aggressive, and I yeah. have seen along the exact same like similar lines. Um, one of my mentors getting shamed for mentioning in her Instagram story, like her nanny. Of course, she has a fucking nanny. She runs yeah. a fucking multi million dollar business. You think she doesn't right. have a goddamn nanny? Like she needs right. some support, people. And same people, with night she nurses. got yeah, it's yeah. the same thing, and she Lots got shame shamed it. for it. It's very, yeah. it's really crazy to me. So, I mean, I do want to make sure, like, I we can acknowledge, like, you, I mean, you you touched on it, which is this: these things take money, period. They do. So, like, that's something to acknowledge that we can be grateful to be in circumstances that allow us to have access to help. Um, so we can acknowledge that, but we can also still hire the help we need. So, I a hundred percent. I talked about this in the other down. Yes, I talked about it, this in um, the previous episode too, where I was like acknowledging, like, yes, it's I have had a very privileged life, and I am in a place of privilege to be able to afford this. But to tear someone down for like yeah, no. asking for help and hiring help, it's just that, it, that's not helping anybody. I have a real problem with that because, like, you know, I I'll t- I'm going to try and keep it surface level because it's not like my story to tell, but um. But I've seen women in my family be absolutely run down to the bone to the point where they've, you know, uh, ended up in depression, clinical depression, like diagnosed clinical depression, substance abuse, um, and some like pretty shitty situations because at the end of the day, like, you know, they might have even had the resources to get help and have help around the house and have help, you know, raising the kids. But because there's all this stigma and shame around doing so and the expectation, especially for generations, you know, older than our own, the expectation was the wife is doing that and the wife Mm -hmm. is handling that, even if the wife is going to become depressed and an alcoholic or whatever else it might be, right? I've just, I've seen this. I've seen it unfold across too many people um, in generations prior and it's just not, yeah. I think it's the nuclear family style that like really fucked everyone over. Um, and I think our, it's our generation now that's literally just realizing that that's not an ideal way to live for everyone who doesn't know it's a nuclear family style is like the American dream where it's like a man, a woman, two and a half kids, a white fence, both white. Yes. Yes. White fence and white families. (laughs) And then you live like maybe have a dog and you are your own unit. And like, you do not ask for help. You do not have like 
other generations living in a house with you um, and you're supposed to figure it out all by yourself. So I think that's like, it's still very yeah. much in our culture and it doesn't, doesn't really work. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah. That was part of why I really wanted to make sure that I mentioned that in um, the income report episode, because like hiring a house manager has been like such a game changer. Like Omid and I have talked about like, oh my God, Mondays feel amazing because like- Do you fight less? Do you fight less because of this? Because I we fight over this shit. (laughs) Yeah. Like if you fight over chores and like who's doing the dishes and taking out the trash, like this could be a freaking game changer for your marriage too. And for us, it just feels so good to know that like on Mondays, like everything is taken care of and we're just like set and ready for the week ahead. We can focus on work during our working hours. And then in the evenings, we can like enjoy each other's company, like take care of all the other like million, you know, personal errands and things that we need to do, like get a freaking workout in, like take do some self-care. Like it's it's just been like so um, helpful for us. And I wanted to make sure that I mentioned it in the episode because I think it's really important to acknowledge like where you are getting help and support and not make it look like I'm doing everything by myself because it's not possible. It's not possible. And I really appreciated, um, Kelsey, I know you're a big fan, but Lauren from the Skinny Confidential, like she does. Oh, let's check if she still follows me. That's like my big, like, (laughs) I I check like, I check like once a month. You're so cute. Are you I know I'm a fangirl. Hi, Lauren, if you ever hear this. I I die. I don't even know if I knew that she followed you. That's amazing. But I appreciate that she will like be completely honest of like, we have a nanny. We had a night nurse. We brought our nanny with us on this trip. Like this was how I was able to do this because otherwise it's so easy to paint this like picture and have this facade of like, oh, I just do it all myself and it's so easy. And like, what's wrong with you that you can't do 50 million things by yourself too? This is depressing. She doesn't follow me anymore. Just that's my update. She I'm really sorry. Oh, yeah, really that's sorry actually, that. that's actually right. really hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, because like I feel like a lot of women don't even feel like they can ask for help. To circle back, Elise, when you're worried yeah. that having kids would mean it would sacrifice your business. When you're smart, you're going to hire people. You will figure it out. Not everyone yes. in our space has been able to do that. And I will not lie. When my competitors, people I consider to be like big whimsy soul competitors, announce that they're pregnant. I clap and I, I'm like, yes, because I know I'm going to have a whole year of work that I can get done and get ahead of you on um, unless they figure out how to like work around that. But, you know, being pregnant when you're running your own business, you're going to be knocked out for at least six months afterwards. So like unless I know that they have a team in place already, like I do a little happy dance because my competition just got knocked out. So it's totally but you need help. And like I feel like a lot of people don't realize that. You can't this actually is why it's not fair help. to women. Right. This is why it's not fair to women. Right. My husband's just going to keep going a lot. His career will fucking flourish. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, it's yeah, you have to same. ask for help. It's, but yeah, you need money to ask for help. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. I think the other thing that has been kind of like helpful for me, but also kind of freaks me out even more is I have noticed that there's been more conversation, both just like you know, influencers talking about it and also within like my close girlfriends um, of just women sharing more about like the kind of ugly side of Mm -hmm. their experience, like whether it's with pregnancy or postpartum depression afterwards. And like, I so, so appreciate that transparency and like sharing that because I mean, Jesus, like that's helpful 
to like, know. Can we not like, glamorize how... it? Yeah. 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 But it, it also does scare me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, there's been a lot of things I've learned where I'm like, ah, <laughs> like, oh, no. Um, yeah, I don't like I'm really happy we are starting to talk about it um, because you're right. Like, it just looks like you, you have a cute little bump and you take your photos and then you pop out the baby and you have the cute blankets that have like the different numbers and you move them along at every month and everything's yeah. fine. But like, really, yeah. you don't know that your butthole might be ripped open and you can't poop normally for a year. Like, those I know, are like nobody's talking talk about, about like how painful the first shit is after you yeah. give birth or like, yeah, or just the fact they have to like wear diapers and every time you sneeze, you pee a little. Like, exactly. nobody's talking about this. Or but they even are those now, within families, like I – I had a like I unlocked a repressed memory I had where like my mom went through at least one miscarriage between like me and like my sister getting adopted. She never talked to that about me. It was like something I'd ask my father if that really happened. Um, and that could actually impact like my fertility goals if I wanted to have kids, knowing that miscarriages is something that happens and my like my mother had to deal with. Like that's something I might want to know. I'm assuming that's like something that I would need to know. So the fact that people even within families don't talk about that is like really fucked up kind of a little bit. Like you have to, you have to talk about those things. Like you don't know what you don't know. Um, Yeah. Wait, is that something that's hereditary? I don't know, but I've have heard that sometimes like just like the way like uteruses are built, like sometimes it is, it could be, you're more at risk for things like that. So, like, miscarriages in general are fairly common. Yeah. I Like, I literally looked – I almost remembered the stat, but I had to look it up just to double check. So, like, one in eight pregnancies typically end in a miscarriage. So, it's that common. That is Whether it's common. genetic or not, I don't know. But we don't for, – for it being one in eight, that means out of all the women you know – think about – stop and think about all the women you know that are of childbearing age. And imagine now that one out of every eight of those women has – potentially had a miscarriage that's not a small number that's crazy and we don't talk about it in numbers that match that right same with postpartum depression yeah I feel like I mean it's been really helpful for me to hear from some of my close friends I mean a lot of them have had PPD or like postpartum anxiety like I mean it's I would say most of my close friends that I talked to have experienced it and to hear from them like how they were able to like you know use therapy and or antidepressants help them a lot Mm -hmm. like to kind of release any like shame around that or you know thinking like that oh this is only for you know certain situations like it has been really helpful to hear from them, like their personal experiences, because it makes me feel more equipped to like potentially deal with that in the future and like not feel so alone or like there's no solution or it's just this like, you know, dark hole and there's nothing I can do about it. I just have to like soldier on and get through it. So I, I appreciate them for like sharing those personal experiences or even so you can know that's what's happening I was literally about to say yeah yeah because for a lot of them they didn't know that that was what was happening for for months yeah being able to identify the signs early because your friend told you that could happen is super big it's really just sounds like can you oh yeah so I was just it sounds like just talking more with like your close people is like what we really need to be doing more of and just like having open conversations yes go on Elise yeah Oh, I was going to ask if you could tell us more just about, you know, 
your your childhood and kind of like having an adopted sister like your your parents had you and then they decided to adopt and I'm, I'm just kind of like because we we touched on earlier um in our conversation of like there's not just like one way right. to yeah. start or have a family this isn't the nuclear family 1950s anymore y'all. yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, my parents uh, adopted my sister, Amy. She's four years younger than me. And uh, my cousin is adopted too, like one of my first cousins also. So um, started that trend in our family. Uh, but yeah, like, it was great. Like as a kid, like I was like four when she came to our family, like it was always like she was your sister. And they did a really good job of letting me know that a kid was accompanying because like a normal like in a normal situation you get to see the belly grow as a kid and you get to have a lot of prep like prep but they you know would take us to a playground and push the swing next to me and be like Amy's gonna be like swinging here soon to like help oh me my like god what good parents right it was really so good cute. and it really that's helped really me. sweet right so like uh it was I in my opinion it was really great and um like my sister seems fine. I don't think she has any like adoption trauma or anything. I, I don't know. Sometimes on TikTok, I learn about these like really terrible situations, but um, she's Chinese. And weirdly enough, in our small town in Wisconsin, there are four other Chinese babies in her same grade that were also adopted into white families. So they became really good friends. And she had a really great oh, cool. like support system that way. And uh, we always tried to like acknowledge her heritage and had a lot of like Chinese artwork up. So it was never like, we never talked about it. Um, and Amy and I went to China after college, even to like visit like some of the areas and things like that to just like, you know, experience her culture together. So that was really great. I liked it. And it definitely taught me that, you know, like families don't have to look like one thing. And I think my main takeaway was like, you can choose your family. Like, I love that. Like, you can choose your family. I was actually just having a conversation with Robin about how like people, in your life, like family members, you like can love them, but you cannot like them. And I think it's really important that you surround yourself with people you love and like. Um, and that can be, you know, whether you have a family of friends in a different city that you now live in, and it can also be building a family that's through adoption or, you know, fostering or whatever that might look like. So yeah, there's not just not just one way. And I would encourage anyone who is struggling and is thinking of adoption, it can be really great. Yeah. And that. then you don't Thank have to like rip your butthole open. So, you know. I know. Yeah. I have my friend, my girlfriends, <laughs> and I talk about this all the time. Like, if the baby could just teleport out of my belly, like, into, like if it could just apparate a la Harry Potter style <laughs> out of the belly, that would I'll be see you, baby. Yeah, exactly. Wait, can we talk about surrogacy? Because if it oh. wasn't so expensive, I am not like. I'm not opposed, I, dude. I if I had the money. Yeah, I'm not opposed. Yeah. I don't – I want to be clear. I don't even have anywhere close to the money. But if I had it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm <laughs> in here. I just – I'm – I know this is, like, really vain. But, like, I'm worried about my body, like, both from the perspective of, like, all the crazy, like, painful things that happen. But also, like, I work, I work really hard to, like, keep it tight. You know? Okay. I want to, like – I was going to say I want to remove that language because even though I feel it and I say the same thing and I agree with it, I want us to, like, hold hands and, like, remove the language of calling that vain. Because it's how, it's how you feel. I want to feel good. And whatever that yeah. means to me – has to matter like <laughs> it has to so I don't think it's vain if I don't okay. want 
No, it's not. I mean, vain. I get it. I and get why we're saying it, but yeah, no, it's not vain. And it also is like your body is your like physical home. It's like your meat shell and yeah. changing like the way, like what <laughs> pregnancy disgusting. does to you. It is. But sometimes <laughs> I have to think of my body. I'm like, you're a meat shell right now. Like you're my home. Yeah. Like, you're a meat shell. Like the changes are, they can be really, really jarring. Um, jarring. Like, yeah. And it's like, which is absolutely fair because this is what, this is you, like your identity. So having like you balloon up for pregnancy and then you have all these weird things happening. It's all of a sudden, like you're not safe in your home anymore. And that I think yeah. is what is like really hard. So it's not vain at all. It's like you want your home and your to home stay the won't same. Be the same after. No, yeah. it'll never be and the it, same. It, it, it An earthquake's going to hit <laughs> and it's never going to be straight again. So you just have to yeah. be like, <laughs> yeah, it's not vain. <laughs> Okay, thank you. I feel like you're, Kara, you're so great with like the body positivity or body neutral, you know. Yeah, the queen I don't even know what the pro- Yes, like, <laughs> you know, you're you're a really good person to talk to about this because I, I do think like, oh my God, like I already have wide hips and I hear that your hips get even wider. They like do. this. Do you want to know do? why? They do. They want to know why. There's a, at the bottom of your pelvis, it. there's a little piece of cartilage so that when you have birth, your hips separate at that piece of cartilage and open up. And yes, it comes back together, but it never comes Not back together as close. I've got to get off WebMD, man. You got to take it and <laughs> on my browser. Man, it's not fair. And your husband's like junk. It's to stay the same. Like, it's just. I tell that all the time. I'm like, honestly, honestly, man, like it's not fucking fair. <laughs> Omid was like, if I could have the baby for you, I would do like it. And I was like, I would 100% let you do that. Like, I yeah. I, I would let you that do you that could. for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, yeah. I, would act, I don't let you do a lot of things for me because I'm an independent woman, but I would let you be a seahorse and have my baby. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, they wouldn't be able to handle it. No, they wouldn't actually. I think there's like legitimate data around the fact that men don't tolerate pain as well as women. Yeah. It's- All the tattoo artists say this. There is actually studies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I believe it. When Omid gets a cold, he's like, what's happening to me? I'm like, I'm, I'm dying. Some NyQuil. <laughs> it's like, dude, I once a month I walk around here and I get all my shit done while somebody is sucker punching my uterus. So put on your big boy pants and <laughs> wash some dishes. <laughs> Take an Advil. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well. I appreciate you ladies for having this conversation on a hot mic because like I said, we were just like starting to talk about it. And I was like, I feel like this would be, this would be just like a great episode and like so relatable and, um, you know, acknowledging that like, this isn't like advice or anything. This is just like, no, we're not qualified. (laughs) We are not qualified to be giving this advice. This is just us shooting the shit, like, you know, a conversation over, like, a a cocktail, and I just felt like it would be really relatable for people because it's it's real. And it's, like, especially with, you know, getting towards that kind of 35 number where you hear, like, Mm -hmm. okay, that turns into a geriatric pregnancy, which, like, first of all, can we come up with, like, a a kinder (laughs) name for that? Yeah, I don't like like that. (laughs) You're, You're yanking my chain. That's not real, right? That's real. That's what it's called. I'm sure yeah. it is. Yeah. Okay. Hold it's on. called a geriatric pregnancy. And you have, I think, like twice as many 
um, appointments and checkups. I, 35 is not. Oh my God, you're what, 35. Because Stop. 35 is not even old. And that's lying. like what really blows my mind. If like bodies just, you know, really want you to reproduce at age 22, but 35 is not old. And it's crazy that we are, we have to make these decisions. Like, I don't even know, like if I have enough for retirement, like why do I have to decide within the next five years if I want to reproduce? Like, it's just, I don't like, don't like that. Would you ever freeze your eggs, Elise? I was just going to ask if any of you have considered that. I I have considered it and I actually, I kind of wish that I yeah, did it I while say. I was at Google because it was, um, they sponsored it. Like they wouldn't pay for all of it. And I didn't even actually look into what the exact benefits were, but I knew that it was like, it would have been like heavily, heavily discounted if I did it when it I still and that my, shit's expensive. That shit's expensive. So if I did it when I still had my Google benefits, but it's also like, it's not just, you know, oh, you just no. like grab some eggs. There's like a whole, no. you know, process involved. I have a friend who did you know, it. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big deal. So yeah. And so you know, once I kind of like learned that, I was like, yeah, no, I'll I'll feel ready by the time I'm in my, you know, early 30s. And then um, I didn't. So I think it, at this point, no, I I wouldn't just because I'm kind of like getting to that point where I'm, I'm like, I, I think that I am starting to feel ready. So I, it's kind of like either go through the trauma of <laughs> birthing a child or like go through the trauma of <laughs> like harvesting your eggs so like and it's also all trauma. Trauma. to be yes. a woman it's yeah. all trauma it's all trauma <laughs> all of it is and also Omid is like I don't want to be an old dad like I I don't want to be an old dad I'm like ready he? he is 35 um so yeah. he's a, like a year older than me year and a half and I mean I get it like we probably would want to have two um because like I that's just kind of what I've always like envisioned and like when I think of me and my sister and how close we are like I I I would like to have two and I would like to space them apart a little bit because I'm not trying like I know some you people are, are like into oh. the math and it's like yeah yeah exactly you start work <laughs> Get to work. I'm, that, I'm that meme that woman like yeah. doing all the math and like yeah. <laughs> that that's me right now Oh, God. This is a very personal question, so feel free not to answer it. Are you on, like, the pill right now? I have an IUD. Okay. I don't know about that. I can tell you coming off the pill, be ready for hormones that you haven't felt in a long time. See, that's what I'm nervous about my double pill thing is, like, it took me a while to – to come off of that god i hate i hate birth control i hate having a uterus sometimes i hate it now that i'm off of it yeah. now that i'm off of it i'm like i am a woman i am <laughs> like i like i feel like a natural woman again Let wait me tell you. what was can you tell us more about that experience coming off yeah. of the pill oh my husband's gonna fucking hate this i love it let's talk about it so my sex drive <laughs> is great it's the best it's been my entire Ooh. life <laughs> yeah Damn, girl like, I, it is spicy. It like the man is no longer twenty five and cannot fucking keep up. So, <laughs> gonna hate me. No, it's fine. It's all good. He's happy. He should be happy. It's a good time for him. It's a good time. <laughs> is that? I've actually never been on the pill. I've always had some kind of IUD. Um, is that a 
com- like a, a side effect of the pill, like a lower mm-hmm. sex drive? It depends on the – it definitely depends on the distribution of hormones. So like I've always been on pills that have a certain hormone balance that are better for my skin because that's actually why I started the pill was when I was like 15. It was way before I was having sex. And it was just because I had terrible like cystic acne. I did two rounds of Accutane. Like it was bad. So I I don't know if it's just like the cocktail of hormones I was on or what, but coming off of it, man, like – I shouldn't even be allowed in public while I'm ovulating. It's not okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I also had like whenever I'm on the pill, like my sex drive goes way down for sure. I think it happens. Yeah, it's people. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. So that my skin is a little bit worse now, but not crazy. I was gonna, I was gonna ask, how's your skin? Because like, yeah, I do. A little bit of <laughs> That's what I'm also worried about. I mean, just like as a, you know, random kind of like other thing to worry about is like, I, so I had when I first um, got an IUD, I had the copper one. And then now and for the last like, I don't know, six years, I've had um, the one that is like a little bit it's like hormonal. Um, and it helped my skin so much. And so I'm like, when I get yeah. rid of my IUD, is my skin going to go haywire? Totally. It potentially could. Yeah. So that's like a risk. But but maybe you'll be really sexual during the full moon and when you ovulate. So you, you won't care. Just <laughs> the moon. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's so funny. That is hilarious. It's bad. It's great. It's bad. <laughs> I haven't had my period um, in like six years. So like that's like, how does it feel to all of a sudden, like, have, did you, I don't know if you, through birth control, Kelsey, like, get your period, I always like, had one. Okay. It was a, it was a personal thing, just because it, like, weirded me out to not have it, because then I would get, like, stressed out gotcha. and, and then take pregnancy tests every month to make sure I was, like, Gucci gang. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I Gucci. liked having the period. I liked having the period. Uh, and they're, they're like, they're way, hard, like, heavier now. Ugh, that sucks. It's, yeah. I, yeah, it's bleeding like a crime scene in my pants over here. It's uh, terrible. Murder. <laughs> no, see, I love not having a period. So, like, that's – I would be staying up in there yeah. <laughs> forever. Yeah. I know. I, that was the thought that I had. I had a conversation recently with um my – with a, a gyno because I was like, I don't really know how this works. Like, once I get my IUD out, like, how long does it take? You know, just, like, those types of basic-ass questions for somebody that mm-hmm. has zero clue how this works. And that was one of the thoughts I had. I was like, oh, my God, I have to buy tampons again. Like, I haven't in <laughs> five years, six years. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the pink tax again. Like, shovel out money for your <laughs> uterus. Yeah, you'll have to invite us back to talk about that. Man, I could bitch about that. <laughs> well, ladies, love you both. Appreciate you so much. Um, I just feel like, I mean, you guys made me laugh. You made me feel seen and validated. And I just appreciate you for coming on with me today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us. Talk to you ladies soon. Okay. Thank you so much again to Karen Kelsey for being willing to hop on a hot mic with me and have this conversation and for just being so open and freaking funny and (laughs) relatable and just like helping me navigate some of these emotions, thoughts, fears that I'm having. And I hope that you as a listener, if you're kind of in a similar situation that, um, you know, you felt like you related to parts of it as well. And feel free to let us know your thoughts. You can snap a screenshot, tag me, I'm at WTFab. And then again, Kelsey is at Blondes and Bagels and Kara is at The Whimsy Soul. Share it on your Insta stories. Let us know what you think. Slide in our DMs. We would love to chat with you about it. 
Don't forget to hit subscribe on the What the Fab podcast, and I will be back next week. Thank you.